Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I am so, so very excited to have you in this uh, podcast conversation today as we are continuing in the month of February. It is Heart Health Month. February is known for Valentine's Day, which is actually today. And but um, but this month, um, it is also has also been dedi- dedicated to heart health and heart health awareness. Um, so today we're going to talk about heart disease and um, heart health and how some strategies for maintaining and keeping a healthy heart. I have a um, our guest for today is no stranger to our podcast community. And um, I'm excited to have her back with us in the person of Dr. Talia Clark. She has been on this podcast several times. She is a core faculty for the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Retreat. And I am so delighted that she agreed to come in and talk to us today on Valentine's Day about heart health. All right. We'll be right back in just a moment. Well, Dr. Talea, it's good to have you back in the podcast studio. Glad to be here. All right. I'm going to just do a quick introduction. Um, I did share a little bit about who you are and talk to, to our audience about the fact that you are core faculty to the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Retreat, and you've been on our podcast, so you're no stranger uh, to me and to this podcast, but we may have some people who are just tuning in for the first time today who've not heard our previous episodes with you. And so I want to just kind of quickly give a little formal introduction. So um, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to us today, Talia Blakely-Clark, MD, graduated from Carnegie Mellon University with a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering and with a minor in Biomedical Engineering in 1991. Her passion and desire to help others was not satisfied until she went to medical school. She graduated from Medical College, um, Pennsylvania, Hyman University, now Drexel University of Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 2002. She finished her family medical residency program at Carolina's Medical Center, now Atrium Health in 2005. Dr. Clark has been working at Atrium Health, Biddle Point family practice for, uh, for more than 15 years, caring for the underserved population in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her special area of interest is mental health, And in 2019, Dr. Clark received the Atrium Health Tree of Life coin. This coin honors teammates who best embody their mission to improve health, elevate hope, and advance healing for all. Dr. Clark received the Top Doctor Award for North Carolina in 2020 and was featured in the Waiting Room Magazine by Find 
to doc. Um, for, eight, for eight years, she was the chairperson of the health and wellness ministry at New Covenant AME Church in Charlotte. And she has been a member of Mecklenburg Community Church since September 2015, where she works with EMS ministry. Dr. Clark strives for good health in, in her own life through her eating, well-balanced meals, daily um, exercise with a personal trainer for at least the last 11 years. And she enjoys burn boot camp. One of her goals is to participate, and, and she's almost there, participating in a bodybuilding competition in 2022. She started um, a running pro, um, program in 2016 and ran her first 5K in December 2016. Another goal is to run a half marathon one day. You need to come on and come back here in April and run with me in Savannah. Yeah, I get trained first, one thing at a time. <laughs> Her free time is spent with her husband, Keith Clark, of 25 years, and her son, Matthew, who's 14 years old. Dr. Clark tries to educate people on common medical conditions wherever she goes and how to improve their current health from where they are and within their current financial uh, means. Welcome back to the Harmonize Your Life podcast, Dr. Clark. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I'm glad to have you again. As you know, um, this is Heart Health Month and you being a medical doctor, internal medicine, being a part of your focus and the work that you're doing at HUM Health. And then just knowing you and your passion for health and wellness, our connection through the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network, the self-care retreat, all the things that we share in common makes you the best person to talk to us today <laughs> about heart health. And I'm wearing my pink goes red. <laughs> I like it. T-shirt. I'm wearing my red. <laughs> All right, Miss Delta Sigma Theta. <laughs> I figured since I was going to be interviewing, interviewing my DST sister, I would at least put on my pink goes red shirt since yes. we're talking about heart health. And I'm interviewing my 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 Greek sister here. All yes. right. <laughs> okay. So talk to us a little bit about heart disease, some of the uh, the spectrum, the different diseases that make up what we call heart disease. Can you talk to our audience about that? I know part of our our goal on this podcast is to bring information and. Um, you know, my principal work is that a pastor, right? I'm a pastor. That's my principal work. I'm a pastoral theologian. And over these past two years, mainly during this pandemic, um, and I would say probably even before these past two years, but in the last 20 to 22 years, I've been on this self-care journey, this health and wellness journey. And I have been developing over these past 20 years, a theology, a practical theology of self-care. And so I am very passionate about it in my own life. But in 2020, we launched the podcast and then we launched the self-care network in 2020 of which you are a part. And um, so my, our goal for this podcast is to educate, to bring information because the Bible says we perish for the lack of knowledge. Absolutely. Right. 
And so we want to bring information. We want to educate through information, um, um, credible source information, um, inspire. We want to inspire. We want to motivate, particularly women of color, uh, toward fitness, toward health, wellness, self-care, toward um, holistic living around their physical health, mental health, spiritual life, um, all of it, financial life, relationships, occupational wellness, that whole holistic of what I call a harmonized approach to life. Right. Thus, harmonize your life. Thus, the podcast. Thus, the self-care network. Thus, the retreat. And so, in this being Heart Health Month, I wanted to make sure that we we address the subject um, because we know that heart disease is one of those diseases that women of color, African American women in particular, is one of the one of the top diseases that we uh, suffer with or we struggle with in our community. And so there is no having this podcast without this especially in the month of February, without talking about heart disease and how that has impacted us as a community. So can you just kind of share from your, um, your expertise, your experience as a medical doctor concerning heart disease, the spectrum of heart disease and the different diseases that make up heart disease? Absolutely. So as most people know, heart disease is the number one killer everywhere. It's the number one killer in the world. Like one in 10 people will die of heart disease in the world. So it's big, it's global. But then when you bring it down to our community, it's um, so important. It's the number one killer. And oftentimes, if you think about it, it's really a slightly silent killer because there's so many different diseases. When we think of the spectrum, most people think of heart disease as just the one thing. Um, clogging of the arteries mm -hmm. is just heart disease, which that is heart disease itself, but it's bigger than just that one diagnosis. We Let's start with high blood pressure. Many people in our community have high blood pressure. Our parents, our grandparents, it's in our, it's genetic, but it's either genetic or is it environmental? That's a whole nother discussion by itself. Mm. But high blood pressure is is the beginning of that spectrum of heart disease. If you have high blood pressure, if you just have high cholesterol, that's another disease. If you have heart failure, so heart failure is when your heart does not pump well or it does not relax well, but why has that happened? That's happened because uncontrolled hypertension for many years that you didn't know that your body was working overtime to keep up with the higher blood pressure. Um, the way I talk to my patients is, you know, you go to the gym to make muscles. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to make the muscles, but you don't want to make muscle in your heart. The more your heart has to pump okay. over time to keep up with the higher blood pressure, now okay. the heart is getting bigger, but you want to keep the heart nice and smooth and small. So that's heart failure. You have um, irregular heartbeat like AFib that you see commercials on TV. Yeah, my mother um, had AFib. Mm -hmm. Okay, so AFib or atrial fibrillation is the full name. That's also part of the heart disease spectrum. You have other irregular heartbeats, which we call arrhythmias. That's part of it. You have having a heart attack or what we call myocardial infarction. And that means there's a stopping of blood flow at one single moment 
the blood does not flow in that artery all the way to the heart. And it actually causes that muscle of the heart to die potentially. Uh, no blood flow, no good muscle in that area. That muscle is damaged or it dies a little bit. And so that's having um, a heart attack. Then also you have the muscle itself. The, the heart muscle can get a disease and we call that cardiomyopathy. Also, we have valves in the heart that makes the heart work. And some people have heart valves. They have to have those replaced. But that's also part of the spectrum. And then finally, what we don't want to have is sudden death. You just know you just die. Everything just stops immediately. So when you think about it, some people probably think, wow, I got some of that. Oh, man, that's I didn't realize I was part of the statistics. But you are. If any of those medical problems that I just mentioned is part of your disease, then it could potentially be on your death certificate at the end because those are contributing factors to maybe why you die because it was a part of heart disease and heart disease is number one killer in the United States and in the world. Wow, that that that's interesting. I, you know, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about a couple of years ago. I uh, well, when I when I was diagnosed with Graves' disease. Uh -huh. One of the things that triggered or let me know that, um, that something was wrong with my thyroid was the fact that my heart was palpitating. Yep. Um, Beating fast. Extremely fast. Mm -hmm. I could lie on the bed and feel my heart palpitating on the bed. And when I went to the doctor, they, they ended up diagnosing me with hyperthyroidism and mm -hmm. eventually they named it. Graves disease, right? And, but, but, but what the, the indicator was my heart. Mm -hmm. The this my heart was beating too, too fast. fast, right? Right, and um, and even a few years ago, I was I was um, in the pulpit after preaching one Sunday, and um, I think this was in twenty twenty. I was preaching one Sunday, and afterwards. Um, I could not, my heart was beating really fast again mm -hmm. and I could not catch my breath. Right. And, um, I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And I just could not get my heart rate. My heart rate was just fast and I couldn't get it to stop. And, um, I ended up going to the emergency room okay, good. and, um, and what was interesting was on the way to the emergency room, mm -hmm. They, I was in ambulance. They took me by ambulance from the church to by ambulance, and um, they actually put this um medication in the IV. They gave me an IV and they put this medication in. And, mm -hmm. the, and the, the paramedic, the EMS, said to me, Now, this is going to feel really weird for a minute, but I promise you, you're gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. But it was like they what they injected the medication actually. Pushed my heart back into a regular rhythm. Right. And, but it felt like for a minute that my heart was getting ready to stop. I was like, oh my yes. God, is this it? Is this it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and then I had to go, but after that, I had to see a cardiologist. Yes. For about, a, um, she followed me for a year. Okay. Um, she, I would go see her. They put me, I did, I had to do a stress test and all of that. I passed my stress test. They did yeah. a um, echocardiogram, yeah. all of that, all of that, and all of that was fine. Everything 
worked out fine, but she was sharing with me that I had a valve that was causing that irregular heartbeat to okay. come up. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and yeah, and so she followed me for a minute, put me on medication, and mm -hmm. then I had to like keep going for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to come off uh, of the medication, but I have to, I'm constantly thinking about my heart rate, even when I'm working out and I work out a lot, right. but I'm constantly thinking about my heart rate because of my thyroid condition. Cause sometimes it can just cause my heart to do weird things. Right. And so what you just mentioned is everything that I just talked about. Like you had the irregular heartbeat. Some people may not pay any attention to the palpitations, the heart beating fast. Well, they need to, we really have to listen to our body because our body is going to tell us what's going on. And that fast heartbeat is like, I know this is not normal. Some people have it and they ignore it. And if they ignore it, it, it your body will, may eventually, you know, settle down and you don't have it anymore. But if not, then that's a problem. And that's why you did do the right thing by you seeking medical care. You said something's just not right. And a lot of people ignore signs and symptoms that their body's trying to tell them something's not right. They need to go to the doctor or go somewhere to urgent care or the emergency room to seek the appropriate care. Mm -hmm. And following, and that's the valve. Like we talked about valve disease. That's, you know, something, there are three or four main valves in the heart. But if they start sticking when they're not opening, closing correctly, then some people will have a heart murmur and people say, oh, I have a murmur. And that's because their heart valves are not working properly. And if those valves start sticking too much, then they can't let the blood flow like it should throughout the heart. And it may back up and cause more problems. But that's a great summary that another disease, your hyperthyroidism caused your heart not to work right. And then it's, there are other diseases that are doing that. Like, let's take diabetes, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, diabetics are at two times risk for having a heart attack and stroke. So right. if you just get diabetes, it's like, oh, it's just my sugar. Well, no, mm -hmm. that's just all connected. Affecting your whole body. Mm -hmm. And that's increasing your risk to having a heart attack and stroke, even if your blood pressure is controlled. So diabetics have to really control their blood pressure and their cholesterol so it can decrease their risk, even wow. though they already have it going on just because they became a diabetic. Even before you become a diabetic, you have prediabetes. And during that stage, which could be five to 10 years, you are starting to do microscopic damage to your heart. Wow. So it's not just- Microscopic damage to your heart. Yeah, it's because it, you're you're microscopic, meaning you can't see it, but it's building up over time. Okay. You just don't wake up one day and become a diabetic. Diabetes mm -hmm. is a, is slow, so now you're damaging the body slowly. And what are you damaging? You're damaging your heart right. on a microscope level for five and ten and fifteen, twenty years before you see any manifestation mm -hmm. of a problem. That's why really heart disease is a silent killer. You didn't know you were damaging your body for 15, 20 years until a major event happens. Either a major event happens with your blood pressure, that you get sick and you don't feel mm -hmm. good, or a major event happens that you finally show up in the emergency room and your heart is not pumping the way that it should and you're about to keel over. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you don't know. But that's been going on for 20, 30, 40 years, depending on how long you've been not treating your body healthy. Wow.
so so that so that so that just really proves that everything that is connected it's all connected right right so it's not just that i have thyroid conditions but it impacts my heart it's not just that if someone if someone's diabetic that it's just diabetic diabetes Correct. is it's not just a blood sugar. Mm -hmm. so what what kind of things lifestyle issues should contribute to heart disease. One of the things when I, uh, last year, um, I went and um, I added on to my certifications, um, health and wellness certification, coach, mm -hmm. health and wellness coaching yes. certification. And um, I did that through the American Fitness Professionals Association. And one of the things that in, in our training we talked about was many of the diseases that we have in the United States, particularly in the West, mm -hmm. in our country, are related to lifestyle. Yes. And not necessarily genetics. Correct. There are self, there are things that are related to genetics and environment, yes. environmental stuff. Um, but many of the diseases can be solved with um, adjustments in our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I would agree with the challenges. And so can you talk to us about what lifestyle issues or things that we need to be uh, concerned about as it relates to heart disease? Like what heart lifestyle issues contribute to heart disease? And what can we do about some of those lifestyle issues? Okay. I think you're absolutely right. 80% is preventable by mm -hmm. changing of lifestyles. Studies have shown that if we change our lifestyles by either our diet or exercise, we can decrease our chance of having heart issues by 50%, even if it is genetic. Mm -hmm. So lifestyles is really, really key. One, okay. thing, one thing mostly is diet, diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. All doctors talk about it. Most people focus on it. Sometimes I think diet has a bigger component than exercise because yeah. we are what we eat. So mm -hmm. I do think that part of it is um, diet. So when you think about a heart healthy diet or a low salt diet, mm -hmm. you want to let's talk about what people are doing so they can recognize their error of their ways. OK, talk about it. In my patients, I go down through a list. Are you eating or doing any of these things? And sometimes their eyes get really big. It's like, well, doc, what I'm supposed to eat? <laughs> uh, because I serve the underserved, so some things they don't have money for. So I do understand why certain things that they're eating. So oodles of noodles, rice-a-roni, hot dogs, lunch meats, canned vegetables, canned soups, fried foods, Chinese food, and then our snacks, the potato chips, the pretzels, all of those things have salt in it. Or even if you eat, you may even eat processed meat, like spam or Vienna sausages and mm. things like that. Mm. All of that stuff is high in salt. And I help my patients to know that salt equals sodium. So when you're reading the food labels, you need to know what you're eating and how to read the food labels so okay. you know what to do differently. But okay. just like take oodles and noodles, oodles and noodles 
is really simple because if you have a family and you have several kids, they want to eat lunch real quick. And, and particularly during the pandemic, when the parents had to be working, the kids had to fend for themselves yeah. for lunch. And there was a lot of oodles and noodles. Oodles and noodles is 33 cents, 35 cents. And you can bring that in and have a, a meal. But oodles and noodles has 64% of all yeah. the salt you're supposed to have all day in that one cup. That's a lot of salt. When I tell my patients, that's like, we didn't know. We didn't know it was that bad. I was like, yeah, 64%. That means what else are you going to add all day? Um, that's a lot of salt. So when I educate them about that, they're like, okay, we need to make a difference. Or the ramen noodles. The ramen noodles is when you don't, you have the salt packet to the side. So I said, if you have to use the, the pasta, use the pasta and make a healthy meal. Add some meat to that. Add some sauce to it, but don't use that little packet to add in because that's where the salt is. Because that way you can separate out and do what you can to do to prepare a meal for your family. And the same thing with canned vegetables and canned soups. You have to look for the low salt soup options and low salt um, vegetable options. It will cut your salt in 50% in half just by picking the right can up. And so... If you don't have much, you eat canned goods, but ideally you want to eat fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. I teach my patients, if you're eating and shopping on the outer edge of the supermarket, you're eating healthier than most of your goods is coming in between the aisles. That yeah. means anything in between the aisles is processed. It's been sitting there for a while. And studies show that 70% um, wow. of all the salt that we bring into our diet is either from packaged goods processed goods or restaurants, 70% of the salt, because patients wow. will say, I don't add salt to my food doc. I'm good. I'm like, no, you, it's already in your food. It's already you, there. Mm -hmm. You're already, already eating it. Mm -hmm. You're already eating it, but they don't understand the salt is already there. They think that the only way to eat healthier is just not to add the salt, but oh. it's already in all the foods that we buy and that we eat, even bread. A slice of bread will have 10% of all the salt we may be consuming. And many people eat two and three, two sandwiches, you know. So if you eat two sandwiches and each one got a, a slice of bread, that's 40% potentially right there in salt. And wow. it's the sodium. And people don't realize how much is in everything that you eat. Wow. Wow. That, you know, I'm as you're talking, I'm thinking about, how many times do we, you know, how many times do we think we're helping people like when we have food drives and and food giveaways and we giving away canned goods and we, you know what I'm saying? You may have to pick the low salt soup up. The low yeah. salt, you can do it, but you're just picking the low salt. The low salt, okay. The low okay. salt is the canned Yeah, because I'm thinking about like food pantry at church. I sit on the food allergy research um, I sit on FAIR, food, mm -hmm. food allergy research. What's the E for? Um, research and something. F-A-R-E. Um, I'm going to Google it. I got mm -hmm. my computer right here. Um, but um, yeah, I sit on um, food allergy research and education. That's the E. Mm -hmm. Food allergy research and education. I sit on there national faith council mm -hmm. and so we talked about this as related to food allergies 
uh, one day we talked um, recently and I had um, um, the, the director of community engagement, uh, Anita Roach, on the podcast back, I think in November, and we talked about food allergies. And in that, we talked we talked about sometimes with our food banks and ministries at our churches, we're giving out food. How much food are we giving to people that people may be allergic to and right. may send them into anaphylactic shock or something like that? Yeah. But I never. But but even to go further, even if people aren't allergic to things, it makes you wonder. Are we giving out healthy foods? Correct. And it's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. That's something that churches should think about um, because the, we are trying to help, but we may be hurting. And oftentimes the low income um, people, they're the ones who are eating unhealthy because they cannot financially afford to get fresh fruits and vegetables constantly. But if they can get something. And so we just have to educate our 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 people that we're working with to say, pick up this instead of that. They cost the same. It's just a matter of picking up the right, the pick right items. Low salt. Yeah, the low salt items just in case, you know, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know. If we know better, we can help them by giving them healthier things. Even and when we know better, we should do better. That's true. Absolutely. So when we know better, we should do better. Even when you think about the canned fruit, their canned fruits either have sh- sugar with it or it's canned fruit with water. Mm-hmm. That's another mm-hmm. easy thing that you can encourage people to pick up the one with the water and not the one with the, the one extra with the sugar. sugar. Because okay. when you're encouraging people to eat fruit, but you're not adding more sugar into the diet, which is not healthy. Wow. So would you say that then based on this, this um, what you're sharing with us about our food and our eating, so would you say then heart health begins with our diet? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It begins it with what we eat. With the diet. It begins with what we eat from breakfast. I mean, when you think about breakfast, a lot of people are eating cereal. Cereal has salt in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like a healthier breakfast would be like egg whites and some veggies. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very low salt. So mm-hmm. you, you can make choices Life is about choices. Choose mm-hmm. right or choose left. Wait a minute. Don't, you know, don't, you don't, don't feeding feeding real quick. Great. I'm going to stop you for a second now. Life is about choices. Okay. Say more about that. Life is about choices. Say more about life. that. So life is about choices. You have to know what you're doing, whether you're eating, whether you're choosing a good thing or not. And how you can choose better, but still keep the same flavor and taste and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying abandon everything that you like, but you can choose to eat it in a more healthier manner. Choose life. Choose life. And if we're choosing life, we're choosing the right eating, the right foods, and the, then the right habits. Are you skipping breakfast? Or you mm-hmm. eat breakfast. A lot of people don't eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most and important. I tell people it's the foundation. It's the, the foundation. foundation. And I have clients, some of my clients that I coach one-on-one um, in health and wellness. That's what that's the first thing we deal with is their eating, their how the choices they're making in their foods. And we talk about their um their the number of meals that they're having. And what I find with many of my clients is they're just not eating. Oh, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat lunch. I don't eat till four in the afternoon. What? Right. 
Yeah. And then this is awful. I mean, and then oftentimes they're on the go saying, oh, I don't have time because I'm, I have this job. I'm running here, running there and say, let's take fast food. You can choose fast food, but you have to choose wisely when you're at the restaurant. So are you going to choose McDonald's or are you going to choose Subway? Let's think about the two. If we were thinking about our heart, I'm going to choose Subway over McDonald's. Why? And I'm going to choose even in there what I'm going to eat. I'm not so going to eat a sandwich. The first, <laughs> the first choice is I'm eating fast food, but which restaurant am I going to start with? Mm -hmm. McDonald's is out and Subway is in. Okay. We're talking about our heart because McDonald's, you're going to get the French fries, which is going to have grease and that's going to clock up your arteries. So if we're looking at just from a heart disease, anything that's fried and processed, that's going to be more at McDonald's. At least if you go to Subway, let's think about the same thing. It's the lunch meat. Lunch meat still has salt in it, but it's not clogging up your arteries like the grease would. Mm. So just a simple choice as changing where you're going to eat on the go as a restaurant. It is a choice. But if you don't know and you don't stop to think, Oh, I have two options. Which one's going to be better? Mm -hmm. That's the first choice. Then once you get in there, then you're going to choose a better option. Because even like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, they even have kale salad. That yeah. You don't have to get the French fries. You can choose a side kale yeah. salad. Yeah. So now once you get in the, the Chick-fil-A, those Chick-fil-A, because you didn't see a Subway, what are you going to eat there? Well, I'm going to add the kale salad instead of french fries because I'm not trying to clog up the arteries. Exactly. And the grilled chicken as opposed to the fried chicken because I'm not trying to clog up the arteries. Exactly. And you know what? And what I talk, you know, Chick-fil-A is one of my go-tos when I want something. It's the only fast food that I, that I generally will go to. I may go to a Subway every now and then for a salad. I generally don't do the sandwich because I don't want all the bread and all that other stuff. Um, so if I do go to Subway, I'm going to do a salad. Right. Um, and it's more than likely going to be just all vegetables or I may put tuna or something on it. But my, my go-to if I'm doing fast food is Chick-fil-A. But okay. I have seasons in my life, like I'm in right now, where I don't eat meat. Okay. Right. And so when I do go, I always get a salad when mm -hmm. I go to Chick-fil-A. But I I am notorious. I just did it this week. I pulled up to the drive-thru and the girl said, what would you like? I said, I want the grilled market salad with no meat. And she looks at me and she says, you just want the base salad? Yes. The base <laughs> salad. That's what I want. Right. Give me that. Give me the uh, the uh, diet balsamic vinaigrette. Okay. And give me a granola and a roasted nut with that, and I'm good. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's the best thing. I mean, sometimes I'll have my... And usually when I go, if I go, I get the grilled. That's the other thing. The right. salad normally comes with fried chicken on it. Okay. But when I go and I ask for that salad, if I'm getting meat with that, with that salad, I want to ask for fresh grilled nuggets with my salad and they will make it just the way you want it. Right. And so people don't even people think, think you got that they can empower themselves. That and you can ask for what you need or what you want. You don't have to eat it that way because it's on the menu that way. Correct. Correct. It's the so choice. we have to empower ourselves. 
we have to empower ourselves to make better choices. And then we have to push the hand of the markets that's feeding us to say, no, I'm not going to feed into bad eating habits. I just read today that the FDA is encouraging um, manufacturers to cut back on the sodium that's in the foods that they're processing by 12%. And they have to do it voluntarily within a few years because heart disease, I mean, it's everywhere. So if the manufacturers have less salt in their foods that they're manufacturing by 12% over time, then people will consume less salt. When we think about how much salt we should have in our diet, a 2000 calorie diet, uh, throughout the day, we should only be consuming about 2,400 milligrams of wow. sodium per day. Wow. However, wow. the typical American diet is at 3,500 milligrams of salt per day. That's a thousand extra uh, milligrams of salt per day, daily. So if you start doing this when the kids are young, because I do family medicine and you already encourage them at three and four to stop by McDonald's for, for the chicken nuggets. Now we can start adding the salt when they're four and five. They haven't even made it to kindergarten and they're already used to salt and French, their French fries and the chicken nuggets. So they're already consuming higher amounts of salt from age five. Now you see why by the time you're 45, you can really be having a heart attack because you ate all this processed food with all of this salt in it more than you expected. And then you created bad eating habits for the mm. children. So now the children think that this is the norm. So as they raise their children, they're doing the they're same raising thing. They're their kids on the same thing. On the same thing. So we have to empower ourselves. Yeah, so it's transgenerational stuff. Right. And so right. now you, and that gets back to what we were talking about. Was it genetic or was it environmental? Mm. Because mm. if you were raised three and four generations of doing the same eating habits. And they say, oh, well, I'm big because everybody in my family looks like this, doc. This is just the way we are. Well, are you like that because you had bad choices of eating habits for generations? Or is there something really genetic? You have to just stop and think and figure out where to go next if you want to do better. It doesn't have to be your story. You have to decide, I don't want that to be my story I can make a change, even if it's genetic or even if I don't have the finances, I can still make different choices because I'm being conscious, wow. intentional, intentional about what I am choosing to put in my body, even if I don't have. Wow. Let me let me let me say this to you. Um, um, you just you just said a whole mouthful right there. You said. It doesn't have to be my story, right? Yes. And then you talked about being intentional. Yes. Doesn't have to be my story. I do not have to be overweight or obese. I don't have to have heart disease, right. diabetes, all this other stuff going on in my body. I don't, it, it, and I can be intentional even about turning some of those things around if I, if I do have, if I do get sick with heart disease or whatever. I can be intentional about coming off medication. I can be intentional about my choices, what I'm eating. I can be intentional about my rest, about my exercise. Talk to us about that. What, tell me, we talked about eating, but how important is exercise? Later on, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Anastasia Alvarado about the power of rest. We're right. going to pick up on what we talked about at the retreat with her. Okay, good. Um, later on this month. 
But talk to us about the power of exercise as relates to our heart. So exercise is really important. Like I said, when you're exercising your body, you build a muscle, but you don't, you have to exercise your heart in a different way, which means that you're trying to walk more or run more or mm -hmm. doing something that makes your heart rate work, goes a little bit faster. That's okay. exercising the heart in a heart healthy way. Um, so I tell you, as you know, we, we need to do 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. Mm -hmm. Now, moderate exercise can be walk, brisk walking, um, running, riding a bike, stationary bike, anything like that. Anything that gets your heart rate up. But you'll know that you're doing fast enough if you cannot hold a conversation while you're doing the activity. That's called moderate exercise. And then you have vigorous exercise, which means that you're doing the same type of activity to another level intensity that you cannot sing and do the same exercise. So that means you're really pushing yourself if you're running constantly or you're um, jogging and jogging fast. So that's my vigorous exercise. Both of these both of these types of exercises are important. If you're doing vigorous exercise, you only need to do 75 minutes a week. But if you're doing moderate, which means you're not doing it as fast, you're doing it about 150 minutes. And you can space that out. Do 30 minutes a day would be ideal. But for me, take myself. I work all day. I work mm -hmm. like an hour a day job. I tell patients I cannot work out every day. You know, before I started doing the bodybuilding, I was not working out every day. I was intentional. Every Wednesday and every Saturday, I would do my 60 minutes of full cardio, get it all in, and another 60 minutes on, on Saturday. Really, really put it up with um, using aerobic activity and strength training. So that's okay. 60 minutes. But six, when you add that 60 and 60, that's 120 minutes. I put it in some kind of way. So you have to find your schedule and find something that works for you, mm -hmm. whether it's 10 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, mm -hmm. your lunch break, you can mm -hmm. walk around the parking lot mm -hmm. at your job. Just go outside, get fresh air, power walk around the parking lot. You can go to malls. They have mall yeah. walking programs yeah, yeah. in the morning before the malls open up. You could go and power walk, but you have to have a plan. You have to be intentional and you have to put it in on your calendar, just like you put in. If you're going to the doctors, to the dentist, you have to put on your calendar. I have 30 minutes of walking or some type of activity. You have to just schedule it in because we all work and we have to figure out how to balance our lives out. And if we're healthy, we can be there for our families. So you talked about being intentional, planning for it, yes. being intentional. And you said one last thing. It was three things you said there that, that I, I don't want to miss. You talked about being intentional. Right. Planning, planning for it. And then just coming up with an activity that you love to do. Okay. And, and that's important because a lot of people say, oh, I, I just have to walk. No, if you don't like to walk, get a jump rope. Whatever you want to do, like you jump rope, you used to, you was talking about how you jump roping, um, whatever is fun for you, you have to make the activity fun. If you're not going to like it, you're not going to do it. No, and say that again. If you're not going, if you don't like the activity, you will not, not going to do it. Right. And I always say the best exercise is the one you will do. That's right. Not the one somebody else will do, but the one you 
will do. Right. Right. Wow. Dr. Talia, you have really, really, really helped us. Can you talk to us a little bit about treatment options for heart disease? Okay. So if you wind up being diagnosed with heart disease, oftentimes they can maybe help you out with medications. First, we'll tell you, try to change your diet, try to do a low salt diet, um, but then they'll add medications. And sometimes if we have clogging of the arteries, the doctor may do a cardiac catheterization to determine where the blockages are. And then they may also put a stent. A stent will open up those blood vessels so that blood can flow easily through those arteries. Um, and then the last one, you may have to have open heart surgery. That's where they may take valves, uh, veins from other places in your body and make a new direction um, to have a clean passage of blood flow to your heart. So that's the end end. But hopefully we can sort of kind of just manage it by medications and diet. Okay, my medications and diet. Okay. And even studies have shown that even if you want to be diagnosed with heart disease, if you make those lifestyle changes, you can really decrease your risk of having a second heart attack. So just be hopeful that if you messed up, once you know how to do better, you can still change and live a longer life because you made the changes. Oftentimes, other thing is not smoking. Smoking increases your risk for heart disease. Okay. So if you're a smoker and you eat great, you're still having a problem and you're going to still clog up your arteries because you're not getting the oxygen flow that is needed for the blood to flow adequately through your body. So don't smoke. <laughs> don't smoke. Okay. Wow. Smoke. Have you had any patients? Um, I know you do, you do internal medicine. And um, have you had any patients to come off heart heart medicine or blood pressure medicine based on these these things recommendations that you've made? Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely have had people come off medicines for a season. Sometimes they're off for forever. Other times they may just be off for a season. But I always encourage my patient: if this is something you want to do, work with your doctor to do it. Just don't stop the medications. Okay. Usually, if I recommend that we're going to stop a blood pressure medicine because your blood pressure is getting too low and okay. you've made lifestyle changes, I will say stop your medicines for six weeks. Continue to check your blood pressure and come back to me in six weeks and let's do a recheck to make sure it's still staying stable. Okay. Then stay off of it for another six weeks. Now we're going three months without medicines. Mm -hmm. And if that's good, then go six months. And then after, at, after that point in time, go a year. But you just, and I always encourage people, you can do ambulatory blood pressure checks. Mm -hmm. Buy a blood pressure cuff. It costs like $25 at Walmart. The consumer okay. reports state that the blood pressure cuff at Walmart is just as comparable to the one that a cardiologist may recommend, which is the Omicron, Omicron um, blood pressure cuff. It works well. And we prefer uh, the arm cuff versus the wrist cuff. It's more accurate. So if you're going to work on trying to come off, monitor it, write the numbers down, give it to your doctor. Know your numbers, right. Write your numbers down, know it. You don't have to do it every day. You may do it once or twice a week if you're really mm -hmm. trying to uh, do right, but try to change the diet, then monitor your blood pressure and then work with your doctor to try to come off the medication safely. Okay, monitor your diet, monitor your blood pressure and and uh, come off and uh, and get the support of your, uh, mo the monitoring of your doctor. Correct. Okay. Yes. But All it's right. possible. Good, 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 good. Weight loss. When people have lost a lot of weight, 
whether mm -hmm. it's a, um, a surgical procedure or they have lost weight in a healthy manner, oftentimes these medical problems turn around also. Mm -hmm. So really trying to lose weight and get yourself into a more normal weight or 10, 20, 50 pounds. I mean, that will also really change your blood pressure range and you'll be able to come off those medications. Yeah, that's right. That is so true. That is so true. I know that for my own life and for others that are in my family, my husband lost weight and was able to decrease. Um, he was able to turn his diabetes around by just losing weight, changing his eating, all of that. Correct. My Right. Dr. Talia, thank you again. You are just a wealth of, of information and a wonderful resource for um, the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network and our podcast community. Thank you again for just being a part of my life, being a part of this network um, and being a regular thank at you. the uh, Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Retreat. And ladies, save the date for next year, January 5th through the 9th. We'll let you know where we're going in just a few weeks. But uh, we are, we do want you to save the date for our next retreat, which will be coming up in January, 2023. And let me let you know where you can find us. You, um, if you're just tuning in, you are, you've been listening to or watching uh, on YouTube, the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I am excited to be able to be your host for this podcast. I love this work in this space. Uh, that we have to do this kind of work. You can find this podcast on Anchor, Podcast, Apple, Google, Podcast, Spotify, and the lightatl.live internet radio. You can also find us on my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed, I'm going to ask you again, please go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please Ma'am, please, sir, do that. It's just a click of the button. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that helps us with our analytics for this podcast and get this type of information widely spread uh, uh, in our community. And so um, I'm going to ask you to do that if you've not already done so. And share, like, sh and share this podcast. Share this episode. Share all the other episodes with others who are who are in need of this type of information, who have the same passion for self-care, health, and wellness. Please do that and help us as we uh, promote health and wellness in our community among women of color. I also want to encourage women to join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. We have a network um, that is dedicated to self-care, health, wellness, fitness for women of color. We have conversations like this via our podcast, but we have also have events that are specific to the women who are in the network. The podcast is for anybody that wants to download and listen, but we have other programming that we do just for the women who are in the Harmonize Your Life uh, network, self-care network. So join us. You can go to my website at drtonyalvarado.com. And there is uh, on the homepage a, a hotkey for the self-care network. Click that link, click join, and you're right there with us for less than what it costs you to, to buy a Starbucks cup of coffee. You can be a member of the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network 
You can get special invitations into Tea Time with Dr. Tony Alvarado, where we have dialogue on the on the podcast. You're listening to uh, our audience, uh, our speakers, and uh, our professionals who come in. But in Tea Time, we get to dialogue with one another. We sometimes bring in our podcast guests to dialogue with us to teach us, and we get to ask questions and and be um, strengthened and encouraged in our health and wellness and fitness journey. So many other things and programming that we have for those who are part of the self-care network. So go to the, um, go to my YouTube channel and um, I mean, I'm sorry, go to my website and, um, and you can join our, um, you can join our self-care network there. I also want to let you know, um, ladies, I also want to let you know that there's a Harmony Fitness Apparel there on my website. Go there. We have Fitness Apparel. You heard Dr. Um, Talea talking about some of the things that we um, that we have on our on our website. You can go there. You can get your gym bag. You can see that my self care gym bag is there. You can go there. We have so many other things that we do there on on our website. We have fitness pants, fitness apparel. Um, um, t-shirts, sweatshirts. We have so many things that you can um, you can take advantage of when you go there to my website. And when you purchase the fitness apparel, you help us do this work by your purchase of the fitness apparel. You help us to produce the podcast. You help us to do the work that we do in the self-care network. And you help us with the planning of our retreats and the things that we do related to self-care health and wellness. All right. All of that stuff is available on my website at drtonyalvarado.com. Listen, our guest today, Dr. Talia Clark, she is a medical professional, medical doctor, their uh, internal medicine work that she does at the Atrium Health Care in Biddle, at Biddle Point in Charlotte, North Carolina. Look her up, Dr. Talia at atrium.clark at atriumhealth.org. You heard her on this podcast. You've heard her before on this podcast. Many of you've been to our retreat and you've heard her present there. You know she knows what she's talking about. Look her up, talea.clark at atriumhealth.org. Invite her to be a speaker at your events, um, women. Invite her to come to your churches and help you with your health ministries and things of that nature. She is a wealth of knowledge and a resource to our community. And I'm promoting her. Listen, she's getting ready to do a bodybuilding contest. Tell us about that, Dr. Talea. So I'm going to um, participate in a bodybuilding competition at the figure swimsuit level. And that's going to be on April the 9th. I've been working on this for four months now. I have two months to go and I'll be glad when the day comes. I'm just (laughs) dropping off pounds, like a pound a week. So I am on a restricted diet, uh, very clean eating right now. Nothing toxic can go into the body and drinking like 120 ounces of water a day. So, wow. And you look amazing. Thank you. You look amazing. You know, when I I hadn't seen, physically seen you since last year at the retreat. Right. Right. Correct. And so when I saw you this year at the retreat, I was like, oh my God, you, you you have transformed. Your whole body had transformed. And then you told me you were doing this bodybuilding. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to. I may have to try that. I mean, 
So after you do your half marathon, after, then you can try to then you can try to buy. After I do my full marathon, let me get that out the way, and then I'm gonna join you on that bodybuilding trip. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you, you again, Doctor Talia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all for joining us today on the Harmonize Your Life uh, podcast. Thank you for uh, tracking with us in this work that we're doing for self-care, health, and wellness. We'll be back next week with another intriguing, informative, inspiring, and motivating conversation on self-care with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. We'll see you again next week. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.